trapped on an island with nothing to do. What games would you take there with you? With no one else around, you could go insane without your desert island games. Everyone is tuning in to Jail 76 Gaming. Hello and welcome to Desert Island Games. I'm Jail 76 Gaming, and my guest tonight is back. It's a returning guest again. Yes, I'm running out of guests. <laughs> no, not really. But the guest is Scott Bailey, also known as a console snob. Welcome, Scott. Yeah. And you're really scraping the barrel with this one. Not at all. No. <laughs> and somebody said that to me um, recently. I think it was uh, Channel Swift. She went, "Oh, you're running out of guests. You've got Harry Yak on again." No, no, not at all. It's just that um, those two guys were on. Uh, YouTube episodes, and I wanted to get you on the, the RU network because you've never been on the, this network before uh, on this show. So, uh, plus, it relaxed the rules on the games a little bit because it was like eight retro games, and so you, you can pick. And it was hard enough games. to pick eight the first time, is now yeah. I just can't seem to shut up what games I want. You're trying to pick 20 or something this time, aren't you? Um, yeah. Officially 10, but I do have honourable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a bit different this time. Um, we're, we're taking it because Scott's done it before. There's no point in going over it all ground. So we're going to make it like 10 games with honourable mentions and uh, no book or watch or anything like that. Books I barely read. Yeah. So not exactly, not everybody reads books. So. Or And the last time we had a watch or item for yourself, um, it <laughs> you know, the research always got me into trouble. So. A fabled butt plug. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, when you did the show originally, as you know, I'm kind of a natural asshole. So if you ask me questions, I'll give you sarcastic answers. So you said, oh, pick eight games. Yeah, okay, that's easy. It was like, now pick, what was it, a special item? It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't really have any special items to carry. I don't care about. So I just thought I'd just write something so they'll wind you up. <laughs> you, you didn't know I was going to take it so seriously and research it, did you? Yeah. Well, I thought it was kind of obvious, you know, a butt plug is a butt plug. Oh, not me, I'm innocent. I don't know that these things I had to do the mm. research. No, yeah. All right, Mary Poppins, whatever. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Um bit unprepared for this show, but we'll just go over the floor. Um, I did... Notice, obviously, recently you had 500 subscribers. Not that oh, subscribers is a bit the be on end all, but it's still a little achievement, isn't it? Yeah, like another world famous YouTuber would say, I've now got 500 bros. So. <laughs> 500 yeah. bros, bro. Yeah, that was, it was pretty cool. It's flattering. Um, I try not to take it to my head. In the end, it's just a number, but yeah. it's cool that my channel has pretty, it's grown pretty quickly. In the last, two, well, coming up two years now, so yeah, very humbled. Yeah, because I subscribed to you probably a year to a year and a half ago, and then you you went at two hundred. So you know, in about a year and a half, you've came to under two hundred up to five hundred. Mm. So, yeah, I must be doing something right. Do, <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but you must be doing something right. <laughs> it's all that bloody three uh, DO skin games, I'm guessing. Yeah, the, or, or your um, 
porn games. I don't even call them porn games because there's no porn in them. Not really, no. It's uh, it's the it's the punchline, I think, when Vivid Interactive made these games. It's like, oh, we're going to sell these games as porno games, but the porn is cut out of it. <laughs> That's a frustrating hour. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think they should be remade properly. She's going to do them Do them properly <laughs> no. Yeah. no I don't think I really want to play the, the Oh god If Night Trap can be Tried to be remade I don't want to see Vivian Arachnia come back to life I really don't That's one company that should stay dead <laughs> Yeah Not so much rest in peace as just You know fuck off Yeah and never come back Yeah yeah, so you've also been on Retro on Limb for a good couple of years now as well. You were there from the start. Yeah, from the start. Uh, me, Pariak, and Halfbit. So, yeah, I was one of the first few. I didn't know what I was doing, and to be quite honest, I didn't think it would last two weeks, but <laughs> still going. It's, you know, it's grown to this level, and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I was getting history from Stephen at Retro on Limb when he was on. I was asking him how it all started and all that stuff. And. Yeah, and so it's pretty much you, Stephen and uh, Harry Yak from the start. Yeah. Yourself and Harry Yak doing your Games Master commentaries and things like that. <laughs> yeah, which I don't really want to do anymore because I last time I did that, I embarrassed myself. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say don't, drink it, don't drink and commentate, is all I say. Yeah, just don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we were, I'm glad we're not doing this show yesterday. We weren't doing this show yesterday. It was pretty rough myself after being out being out afraid night. <laughs> Watching some uh, have you heard of the band um The White Lions from the eighties? Yes. Yeah, it's this lead singer um, from them who was doing a cassette set. <laughs> pretty good. Alright, oh, so he wasn't around a back sucking dick for beer money then. Not not really. <laughs> <laughs> during headlights my own uh, what? Sorry, you can cut that out. <laughs> nah, I can't be bored. I didn't. We'll leave it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say rather than just go on with the games, really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got 10 to get through. Um, you've, we'll do them in countdown order from 10 down to 1, we've. Yeah. Yeah, so we're starting off with uh, Devil May Cry. Um, but you're saying here the reboot and the series in general? Yeah, I want to. Because we're talking mostly non-retro games this time because I've already done that. It's more like mo- more modern games. I wanted to talk mostly about the, the reboot of Don't Make Right DMC. Yeah. And last year, I bought that when it first came out. Bought it on the PC and it's amazing. It really is. It's what a reboot should be. It's close enough to the source material that people remember it you know, for the original series, but it moved away enough to be new and refreshing. And it's awesome, and especially the soundtrack. The soundtrack that was, mo- it was mostly done by a band called Combi Christ. Cool. And uh, it all just meshed really well together. It made the game new and exciting once again. And uh, quite a lot of people didn't see that, and that really pissed me off because everyone... Uh, I get it. People don't like change. They really don't like change at all. So, when you throw a new game, who you know, that's a powerful franchise underneath someone's nose. Most of the time, they're not gonna, they're not gonna 
accept it well. Well, me personally, by the end of Devil May Cry 4, I was burnt out of the series. The series, you know, I loved from the beginning. You know, the first four games were great fun. But by the fourth game, it was like, yeah, it's starting to lose some of its edge. It needs to do something new. It needs to cut away all the fat and come back lean and ready to go. So when they said, oh, we're going to come back, it's going to be a reboot. We're going to bring a new, younger Dante. And we're just going to let our imagination run around. But basically going to go and take his origin story and turn it into a different, you know, origin. It happens all the time in, say, you got comic books. You know, you have Superman. He's been rebooted at least 50 times. You know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that... So, yeah, of course, the original character of Dante is a snark. He's, you know, cocky. He's brash. He's arrogant. And you see it a little bit in this, but also you see him having a little bit more of a human side to him as well. And as well with his um, the new uh, way they've made him into like a Nephilim, where he's not just a devil, he's also part angel, part devil. And that whole mechanic was, you know, pretty cool. And uh, the story mechanic, all right, the story in the end was a bit of a letdown because they just went with the usual, you know, Dante versus Virgil thing. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> But uh, so the the end was a little bit disappointing, but the whole game as a whole, as a reboot and as a retelling of the of Devil May Cry, I really enjoyed. Yes, a lot of people don't like reboots. As you say. <coughs> um, there's been a lot of dodgy ones, so it's it's good to hear there's some people that can do it right. I suppose. Yeah, and yeah, there. At the moment, we're in that age where everything's been re-released, rebooted, remade, whatever. <clears throat> and I, most of the time, when I hear of a game that I've liked previously being rebooted, I'm like, why? Why bother? But that was one that was done right, so you can't complain with that. Yeah, and there was some uh, DLC, of course, for this. Um, I don't know if you've done the Bloody Palace, which is a survival mode. Yeah, that was okay, but when it comes... When it comes, the main core game I'm talking about, I'm not really bothered about the download of content. The main core game, the story mode was great. It was fun. Um, all the DLC, yeah, the arena mode and all that, yeah, it's fun. But yeah, the main core game was worth playing to me, and it's still worth playing now. I I feel like you know, fucking you off and starting to play it right now. Actually, <laughs> it's a, yeah, <laughs> just, just I, it. yeah. I know. I this morning I was. Uh, coming back from a meeting from work and I was like, oh, I listened to a bit of Combi Christ and that went straight into my head. I thought, yeah, I would love to play that game again. So even the soundtrack makes me want to play the game. So yeah, well worth it. I take it you've got it for the PC now since you don't have any uh, current-gen consoles? Yeah, I have the DMC on my PC and I do... I think actually I do have most of them on my PC now, thanks to Steam. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh, bit of a PC gamer when it comes to the um, newer console generation, if you will, because fuck them, basically. Yeah. If I can afford a PS4, I'd buy a PS4, but the rest of the consoles, fuck them. Yeah, I've not, I've not tried the Xbox One and I've had a PS4. Boo. 
Yeah, I've had the Expo- uh, PS4 since December and I've hardly bloody touched it. What a waste. Yeah, it can wait. It's one of those things, it's, it's a new console generation and everyone's like, we want 200 games right now. It's not going to happen. So it's best to give it a couple years. Yeah, I see it as a long-term investment. Like, yeah. Kind of dust for the time being. <laughs> you want one game for it, which is Watch Dogs. Ugh. And I wouldn't have played it for half an hour. Um... I played it for five hours, and it's uh, especially on a PC. It's poorly optimized. It's boring as hell, and the game is just unfinished. It really is unfinished. It. I. I'm gonna go on a rant here. I've already said about this before. I find that Watch Dogs is the worst game of the year. And people will hate me for that, but you got to see it from a technical standpoint. Yes, there's some really awesome, bright, colourful ideas in that game. Really cool ideas. But the thing is, it, f- it falls on its sword so many times when it comes to other mechanics. And the lead character, Aiden, is just flower unlikable. <laughs> and he has a really weird relationship with his quote-unquote sister. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's, a, it's not implied, but from what I watched from the cutscenes, it's very incestuous in their um, interaction. It just, it's just kind of weird, but I just mentioned incestuous, so I think we should move on to the other game. <laughs> Yeah, for the first first episode, but plots now they're getting incest. So fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that game I just found, you know, it, it wasn't worth the money. To be quite honest with you, but my personal opinion. Anyway, <laughs> the next game, uh, number nine, counting down on your list, uh, needs no introduction really. It's a uh, Tomb Raider, but it's a series and the reboot as well. You're talking about. Well, once again, more about the reboot. Uh, I love Tomb Raider. I've always loved Tomb Raider since the beginning. Uh, fell off pretty quickly after Angel of Darkness. Um, didn't really get into the, the newer Crystal Dynamics games until the last couple of years, especially Tomb Raider Legend. That was pretty good. But the reboot of Tomb Raider, which came out, I think, in 2013 or 2012. It was 2013. Yeah. Amazing. It was, yes, okay, it was the poor man's Uncharted because Uncharted came out years before that. And of course, they saw that and thinking, oh shit, maybe we could bring Lara into that sort of mentality. And of course, it wasn't as campy and, and as silly as uh, Uncharted, which is you know basically like a summer blockbuster movie that was directed by Michael Bay. That's what it feels like to me half the time. Uh, Tomb Raider was a little bit more gritty, a little bit more serious, and I really liked it for it. It didn't play it for last, it played it serious most of the time. There's a little bit of comic relief that here and there just for for a little bit of lighter um you know, a bit of you know brightening up every now and then, but the game was played pretty serious and I really enjoyed it for that. Yeah, I've actually I've actually played this game. It's thank God sometimes when you get people talking about games I have not played them, but I've played this, the reboot and uh, the graphics are just stunning. I really, really love it. Well, I've completed it so far about ten times on PC, Xbox One, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and PS Three. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. it. For, I got it for free. Well, I say free. Yeah. I got it for free, but technically it's not for free because I'm paying for my PS uh, Plus subscription. Yeah, but uh, if you want to look at that, way, I got it for free. It's one of the games if you want. Yeah, to, so. I got my I got my copy for free with my graphics card. Same 
actually I got a DMC free with my graphics card as well. So yeah, yeah, it was well worth the uh, buying a three hundred pound graphics card for to play <laughs> the reboot of Tomb Raider. Yeah, I've I've never really been into the Tomb Raider series as a whole, but um, I thought seeing as I'm getting this for free, I'll give it a try, and I'm glad it I was. Did. Yeah, it. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, it no. was a great. It was a great jumping on point for people who've never played the original Tomb Raider games because the original Tomb Raider games were fucking infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> some of the the jumps, some of the the mechanics, even the the combat, the original Tomb Raider games wasn't that great. So having a Tomb Raider game, which was a more you know film like and, and gritty, while being more easy to play and flowed really well, the flow of the campaign, even though it was pretty short, which would be probably my only downside, and the multiplayer mode was absolute shite. Uh, the the main game itself was it flowed really well. It did, you know, when you played it from start to finish, it was a very gratifying experience. I've not played the PS4 version yet. I know that I know it's out for PS4, but I'd, I'd imagine it'd be hard to improve on the graphics anyway in PS3 because the graphics are just amazing. I think. Well, yeah, the best I've the, seen. the PC had the best version when it first came out, but the definitive edition I had when I briefly had an Xbox One. And, yeah, for the most part, it looked really, really good. Um, it's just a little bit of extra polish on it, really. Uh, not really worth the asking price, but if you ever see it in a bargain bucket in a year's time for a tenner, it's well worth a pick-up. Yeah, I, on the back of that, I went and downloaded uh, on my PS Vita um, the PS1 versions, Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3. I think they were yeah. only like 49 p or something. <laughs> it's crazy like that. I think they were on yeah. sale. So um, it's it's a bit strange playing the the reboot and then go back and play the, playing the old ones for the first time. It's the turning to me. I I played. I started playing the original on the PC, and the turning around because it's got like the tank controls and Resident Evil. Fuck me, the turning just makes me. It just gives me a headache. <laughs> so yeah, you know, definitely it's it's far improved from the originals, but it's a great retelling of. Lara's, it's a great reboot, basically. Yeah. And it helps, obviously helps that, you know, she's a bit of a babe. Well, with me, yeah, the original Tomb Raider was that 90s, like, tits and ass sort of thing. But to me, the new Lara Croft, yeah, she's attractive because she has to be. But as a character, you know, she's strong without being the usual Duke Nukem-style machismo, which I like, you know, a little bit of an 80s action hero vibe is fun, but it was like, ah, uh, what can I... S- it's like, um... It's like, um... Jack Reacher. I think it was Jack Reacher from uh, the Tom Cruise movie that came out yeah. a couple of years ago. It had all the born identity. It had that sort of non-action hero actor playing the role but he kicked a lot of ass you know, that's the same sort of vibe I got with uh, the new Lara Croft and of course we got to wait a good year for for all of us to officially get it because Microsoft had the dirty money to pay for a timed exclusive but hopefully looking forward to the next game yeah absolutely definitely. I think it'll definitely be good on the PS4 on the PC yeah I don't have one <laughs> nor do I <laughs> Well, your next choice um, probably won't come as much of a surprise as uh, people that watch your channel or have seen you on various platforms and 
podcast because uh, you've talked about it before. Um, Castlevania Sym- Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Uh, funny story is when this game first came out, I hated it <laughs> because I really loved the Super Castlevania Four, and uh, I did not like this game at first sight. It really didn't do anything for me. I didn't get the the what they were trying to achieve at first. It was one of those games that I went back to years later and I appreciated for what it was. I bought a copy of it, I think on PlayStation 3 for download. And at the time I was watching a lot of Angry Video Game Nerd, he did a Castlevania retrospective and he was playing the game. And I was like, you know what, I remember that game and I didn't really give it any time, so I really played it. And this must have been about, I don't know, three years ago maybe. I loved it. I absolutely loved that game. I played it for a good hundred hours, and it's a game that's a slow burner. It takes a while to get into, but when you finally get into it, it's well worth a play. And the one of the main bad guys is called Shaft, which is just hilarious to me. <laughs> but another thing I loved about it, it had, and I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this, it had the worst English spoke dialogue I've ever heard in my life. But I fucking love that shit. Like House of the Dead, I love that just bad English um voiceovers. It <laughs> it just it just makes it makes it fun to listen to because speaking of going back to Wash Dogs, that item with his pretentious <laughs> Batman, you know <laughs> Dark Knight sort of syndrome growling voice having someone like the Dracula from Symphony of the Night is just hilarious you know who is a man <laughs> a pus sack full of secrets but enough talk how about you I love that shit because it's just fucking ridiculous over the top <laughs> yeah I love it it's just it's just fun to me and uh yeah. it's a bit of a shallow argument why I like that game but as part of the uh the element I really enjoy in that game because the voice acting is fucking terrible. Sometimes I like that about games that will get bad voice acting that's so bad it's actually good or actually... It's fun, yeah. yeah. One thing that pissed me off in one of the later uh, renditions of it, I think it was on the PSP, the, the Dracula X Chronicles, you could also play the original Symphony of the Night and they had like an updated... Uh, version of the audio. Oh, I think it was on the Xbox 360 as well, and that really pissed me off. It was like, no, that's part of the the charm of the game. You can't fuck with that. You know, yeah. it's bad dialogue for the sake of bad. It's ah, oh, you can't do that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some people who never played the game before, and they probably would appreciate more than I would. But to me, it's like, no, it's fun when it's you know the stupid over the top dialogue. I loved it anyway. Yeah, I was trying to think. I'm sure there's a game that I like that's got bad acting that I, for the life of me, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's, I've definitely seen games like that before where I've just loved the real bad voice acting and stuff. Well, a lot of, say, like, Sega arcade games had it as well, you know, that sort of stuff. I love it. It's just so... It's it's fucking cheesy and it's hilarious as well. It, that's what... Yeah, I like it, basically. Yeah. So this was the PlayStation uh, version you'd have... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, the PlayStation version. I would love to own the original physical copy, but I don't have a spare £100, so yeah. 
As oh, in, well. Jeez, oh, that's, that's mad, isn't it? Like Wayne's World said to that guitar one time, well, like Wayne said to that guitar one time, it will be mine. Oh, yes, it will be mine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I use that quote sometimes as well. <laughs> yeah. I watch something. Love Wayne's World. Love it. Fucking great movie. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I was, I was going to say something about that but it's completely gone in my head so I think I better just move on to the next game okay um, oh, see I love this game but I hate trying to say it <coughs> um, so number 7 to count down is Ellie Noir 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 yeah whatever that game yeah, yeah absolutely that's a that's game it. that didn't have cheesy voice acting yeah. <laughs> and uh, fucking fucking thank god for it because yes I may love that cheesy voice acting in Castlevania it would definitely would have rubbed me up the wrong way in Ellie Noir yeah, I love forties and fifties sort of um, architecture and coolness. I think that might have been sprung from films like The Godfather and Goodfellas. I used to watch a lot of them. Um, um, I forgot name of the guy who directed those movies. But I used to watch a lot of his sort of films, and also I used to watch a lot of noir films as a kid because uh, my mum, you know, was an addict of. Uh, sort of 40s and 50s cinema so I'd watch all that stuff constantly and I just thought it was just really cool you know everyone was smoking and <laughs> and everyone's wearing suits and trilbies it just fucking it's a it, and fedoras it's a cool like passage in time for style and how people acted yeah. so when I heard about a game called Ellie Noir coming to you know the consoles at the time and then being blown away by the facial animations and the technology used behind it, because they use actual actors and they scan their faces. And there's a, a documentary up on YouTube how they did it. It's just mind blowing to me. Uh, and of course, it was you know published by one of my favorite publishers, Rockstar. Even though, they, yeah, they didn't make the game per se, but you could tell they had influence in how the game was made. Definitely. Yeah, all right. It was done by Team Bondi, which sadly is now defunct. So you're never going to see a sequel to Ellie Noir from Team Bondi, which is a shame because that game, without doubt, is one of the best games that come out in say the last fifteen, twenty years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I've played it. That's why there's a few games that I've actually completed. I don't complete a lot of games, but I usually complete all the Rockstar ones. And absolutely, I think I've got like ninety percent on this or something. Yeah. With L.A. Noir, I've I completed it 100% collecting all the fi- film reels once to grab achievements. But since then, I play it again on the PC, like, say, once every year. Because my memory of that game degrades pretty quickly. So when I play it again, most of the time, I don't remember how the case goes. So, you know, I love going through and finding all the clues again. And uh, I love it. It's basically a point-and-click adventure for the GTA crowd, you know, because point-and-click adventures for years have been pretty stale. They have had a resurgence now recently, but yeah. it was like a perfect marriage of, you know, per, you know point-and-click adventures like the Sherlock Holmes games and, you know, the Grand Theft Auto, you know, free-roam mechanics. And, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. That was a lot of stuff. Sorry. A lot of st- Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go on. on. I think we're just both excited about this game. I was going to say that will explain why I like it so much. Then my favourite uh, publisher with my favourite style of game. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, we'll talk about Grand Theft Auto later, but 
um, it had that sort of perfect balance. I just love the style of it as well, the music. The like I said, I just love that sort of era anyway. So it's just that added layer of coolness to the game, and of course, it's a very strong game in general. And like I said, I don't think we'll ever see another one like it, unfortunately. Yeah. I've got the soundtrack to the game. I can't remember if I got it with the game or whatever. I got it. I must have got a special edition of the game or something. Cause yeah, I've, I've got the soundtrack on on my iTunes. Not that I've... Yeah, I think it's Chris Hale who did the soundtrack for it, and the soundtrack is amazing. Cause at one point in time, I was using the L.A. Noir theme for my intro, then I got scared of copyright. So yeah. <laughs> I just love that theme. the The original L.A. Noir theme. It's sometimes I've listened to it and it's brought tears to my eyes. It's so it's just so fucking beautiful. Did you get a downloadable content for this? The extra. Um, games and stuff. Well, of course. Yeah. Especially Reef of Madness. <laughs> Reef of Madness is probably the best mission, apart from the main story. The main story missions are great, but yeah. Reef of Madness is that fun, like, side quest, if you will, where you're trying to find pot dealers and all this bullshit, because back in the 40s they had all this, like, misconceptions about, you know, pot being evil and turn you gay and all this shit you know <laughs> they basically took the film Reef of Madness and turned it into a mission in game and I like that it was funny yeah yeah I, was, um, I need to play through it all again but not that that's a hardship or anything but um, I've I've started um, Downsize my Xbox 360 collection because um, I'm just going mainly for PS3 now so I've down, got rid of it in the uh, Xbox 360 and I've re-bought it for PS3 so yeah best version the best version is on the PS3. It runs a lot smoother. Yeah, because the Xbox 360 came in three discs. Well, that's the thing as well. You know, on the uh, PS3, it's all on one Blu-ray disc. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to, especially the Xbox 360 is fine, playable, but you got to keep swapping discs. It's a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah. Uh, of course, the problem with that is I need to re-download all the downloadable content, seeing as, uh, seeing as I've got it on your system. Not in a hurry to do that. I'll play through no. and see this again. Then I'll it's a big game. It takes yeah. a good thirty hours to complete the original story, so <laughs> you got plenty of time to download it. God, I must have been playing that constantly when it first came out. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I played nothing else. What I did was uh, I, went, I went through it myself, um, just making my own choices. But I had the I've got the strategy guide. I've not actually read it, but I've, I always plan to go through it again with the strategy guide you know, to get it all right. I got both. <laughs> I've got the original um, strategy guide, this is the bog standard one, and the limited edition hard book one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I bought the original strategy guide when I bought the game. You can come with it, because I pre-ordered. And then I saw, I think, in a game shop somewhere, I saw the hard book, the hardback cover version of it. I was like, you know what, I'm buying that too. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, it's one of those... I don't really collect that much gaming memorabilia outside of games. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those freak occurrences where I thought, oh, fuck, I've got to own that. It looks cool. It's cool, you know. Yeah, I used to buy a lot of strategy games, but I've not been buying so many in the last year or so. Most of them are sh- uh, fucking waste of time. Like, I would buy for, like, every- right, the only times I buy a strategy guide now is for, like, a big game. I bought one for... Um, uh, Witcher 2 because that game's huge 
I also bought one for GTA Five, so I can get all these, you know, the collectibles and stuff like that. Got that as well, yeah. Yeah, so there's some games that are worth it, but when there's one for like Titanfall or Call of Duty, it's like, well, what's the point, you know? <laughs> yeah, I got that's the last one I got actually was Grand Theft Auto Five. I also yeah. have um, the strategy guide up to Cataclysm for World of Warcraft, but the thing is with that because the games get updated so frequently. I could go into those uh, books and they'll be completely out of date. So, you know, I used to pick up strategy guides for, you know, MMOs as well, but now it's pointless because most of the time the information in that book is severely old, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's pointless. I'll tell you the most pointless strategy guide I've ever bought <laughs> before I say what the fuck. There's a strategy guide out for Pro Evolution Soccer 5. It's a fucking football game. Yeah, a strategy game for a football game. You <laughs> kick a ball up and down a field, how fucking hard can that be? I know, it's like it's a lot of useless information about so basically it would have a page for every team to tell you what players were in the team. Yeah. Things like that. It's like you know, I don't know, I was just having a football games, I thought it seemed like a good idea at the time. But Well, that's the thing. Uh, I got a friend of a friend who works at Brady Games and so they do deals with all the, the publishers and developers to bring out these strategy guides. So, you know, they want to grab every hot game going in, yeah, so they can, of course, make some money off people buying the strategy guides. So, yeah, I guess the guys at Konami loved you for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I just... I, there's, there's, there's some games that come out that, that I will always buy the strategy guide for because yeah. it's like a collector's thing. So, obviously, all the Grand Theft Auto, I've got all those ones. Well, not... I've, yeah, the one oh, another yeah. one I've got as well, even though I don't really need it that much, is Dark Souls. Yeah. I've got the uh the hard book version of that and it's basically it's basically just the A four edition of if you pre ordered the prepare the die edition, you got a little book an art book. It's basically just the A four edition of that with the added guide on top of it. So you're not really missing out on it, but I just love the dark architecture of Dark Souls, and I just realised that I missed it on my list, and that's one of my favourite games. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Move it on. Have you ever, have you ever actually sat down and read a strategy game just from cover to cover, just for just for entertainment purposes? Uh no. Speck out the bits you need. No, I couldn't. I I I've done it in the past, looking. If say like I'm on the shitter and I've got you know twenty minutes to kill, I probably would, but. I wouldn't do it out of just the hell of it, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times, but it's too time-consuming. I mean, have you seen the size of the San Andreas strategy guide? Yeah. It's just mental. Yeah, I, I can... Nah, I, if that's not my uh, perfect way to spend an evening, I don't think. No. Maybe, I think maybe back in the day I had too much, too much time in my hands. So I think what you know, most strategy people buy them do, just buy them, look at them for five minutes and leave them collecting dust. That's how strategy guys roll. <laughs> I'll tell you what my Grand Theft Auto V strategy guide is doing right now. It's, what? it's uh, separating my skybox from my PS4. You know what it's doing uh, for me? It's propping up my monitor so I can have it raised a little bit. <laughs> What's well, a thick strategy guide? That's a good inch off the fucking desk there. <laughs> Yeah, see, this is Scott and John's tips for what to do with your old strategy games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I mean, that's well, that's one of those games I could talk about. 
um, for a long time. In fact, I've, always, I've still got something else to say about it, actually, Alienware. Um, it's an interesting twist, plot twist, towards the end. Yeah. I don't even, No, you uh, don't want to blow spoilers on that yeah, one, because that, <laughs> that, that is a really cool plot twist. It's not like DMC, where it's like, really? Yeah. I think it was very well done, and very surprising of the of the protagonist, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it was a really cool ending to a pretty fucking cool game. Yeah. Okay, that's all we're saying that. If you've not played that, then my god, you've got to go and play it. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, stop <laughs> playing Watch Dogs and do yourself a favour and play Ali Noir. You can thank me later for it. <laughs> Sticking with um, Rockstar, we've got um, The Warriors. Yes. You mentioned this in a recent video when I asked yeah. you what your favourite movie tie-in. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. still is one of my favourite movie tie-ins. It's also one of my favourite games. It's the movie tie-in to the cult hit The Warriors, which came out in the 70s. So it's not exactly a direct tie-in to the film's release, because the game itself came out 20 years later. Yeah. And it's a perfect complement to the game, you know, uh, to the film. <clears throat> because Rockstar, because once again we're talking about Rockstar, it, they... When they handle an intellectual property that's not their own, they seem to do it with real care and attention. And this you know, movie is its amazing. The, the original movie is just fascinating to watch. It can be, it's, it can show its age now, but there's some bits of it where it's just amazing. So when they approached this game, they approached it with as much care and attention to the film as possible. And they kept it as authentic as I've ever seen. Uh, a game keep a movie authentic yeah. so <clears throat> and it did a really smart job you know it didn't throw you in with the rest of the the gang it sort of they made an unnamed character you were that unnamed character you were jumped into the gang by the other original members of the warriors and uh you play the storyline before the meetup where the film starts and then after the aftermath, when you have to escape from New York and basically make your way back to Coney Island while fighting off the, you know, the baseball furies and all the other um, eclectic uh, gangs. And I just fucking love that game. It's, it's, it brought back that classic beat-em-up, like Streets of Rage and Final Fight, to a more modern audience you know, for the Xbox and PS2. And it's still to this day, it, it holds up really well. Yeah, Co- coincidentally, I've actually got it in my hand right the, the game that is, I've got it in my hand right now. Because um, <coughs> I was planning, I'm planning um, doing some gameplay of it uh, later on after I record this. I guess, uh, because I've talked about <laughs> it previously. Probably, yeah, but I was also thinking the lines, um, I'm doing a, I'm going to do a series of games on. PlayStation Tuesday, it's like TV or film tie-ins. So I've got, yeah. I've got here the Warriors, the Sopranos, and Beverly Hills Cops. I don't know what that's going to be like. Oh God! <laughs> you started off at the top of the mountain and dropped off really fucking quickly. <laughs> you might as well throw Reservoir Dogs into the mix as well because that game is fucking awful. I've already did that, so don't worry. Yeah, uh, I've done that in Starsky and Hutch previously. Starsky and Hutch is salvageable because you can, you know, drive and use a light gun to shoot at the same time, which is okay. It's fun. When it first came out, I had fun playing that game. But, oh, God, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> I forgot they had a little phase of uh, making spin-off. After the Warriors, I guess, they thought, ooh, there might be money in this, and uh, made some pretty abysmal fucking games. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picking these games up for dirt cheap. Barely the holds cops. I probably overpaid for this, to be fair. 75p. <laughs> God. Put <laughs> some bananas in the fucking exhaust of that one. Yeah, I've also done previously the Jits of Hazard game. That is another one. Yeah. It's not that bad. <clears throat> it's fucking could be a lot better, but it wasn't that bad, really. It's <laughs> borderline, basically. But no, The Warriors, without a doubt, is the best example of that genre or subgenre in uh, video gaming. <clears throat> the other one I'm going to record as well today is um, it's not a movie or a TV tie in, but it's a Rockstar game, Manhunt. Ooh, I've got these. Yes. I've, I've got these games. I picked them up last year. I've never even played. I'm, I really need to play the Warriors and Manhunt right through. The Warriors, yes, yeah. definitely play that from start to finish. It, you will not be disappointed. The man and Manhunt as well is uh, another game I could have put on this fucking list, but <laughs> Manhunt uh, pushed a lot of boundaries in terms of what once again. I fall into this argument that yeah, there's some people in this world that still think video games are for kids, and they're fucking not. They've grown with their user base. You know, most of the people who played games in the late '80s, early '90s are still playing games to this day. So, a game like Manhunt, which yes, caused a lot of controversy for its content because it's basically a snuff movie, but the game itself is. It's pretty solid. It's a very solid stealth game, and of course, the uh, the thrill kills are just ridiculously brutal. <laughs> it's it's basically like a slasher flick, you know. It's it's you're gonna see some gore, and you're probably gonna squirm, but it's just like a basic slasher flick. You put you play Manhunt, then watch Friday the Thirteenth. It's the same sort of premise. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a Manhunt 2 as well. I've not got that one yet, but I've, I've, I need to play Manhunt first, I think. Uh, I would... Yeah, Manhunt 2's okay, but that's when they really were hitting that barrel, bottom that barrel, extremely hard with a very soft hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was a, a sequel, yes, that wasn't really needed, and it was made by a completely different team. So, it's okay, but... It's not great. It's not nowhere near as good as the original Manhunt. Yeah. Yeah, you were mentioning there about um, a lot of people thinking, still thinking video games are for kids. Uh, that's kind of, I'm probably off the mark here saying this, but that's why I always avoided Nintendo um, throughout my gaming career, because I've always felt Nintendo's claimed at kids. Yeah, well, first party Nintendo, yes. They still market to a younger audience. But there is a lot of third-party publishers that have made adult games for their systems. They're starting to turn a corner now. I can see with like the 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 massive approach to say Mario Kart 8, where it's just everybody's playing that game. Yeah. But also internally, like games like Hyrule Warriors, which is basically um, Koei who made the Dynasty Warriors series, taking their spin on you know a Zelda Dynasty Warrior style game. I can see they're starting to turn a corner slightly when it comes to accepting more adult gamers, but you know, I I I always defend video gaming vigorous adult video gaming vigorously when it turn when people say, Oh, 
a kid shouldn't be playing GTA 5. Well, they shouldn't be. You know, this game is for adult only. But then, saying that, there's about 1,500 squeakers per server on fucking GTA Online. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, parents sort your fucking kids out, is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, my uh, nephew was up staying last month, and um, some of the stuff he was watching, I was like, I mean, for example, he was not allowed to watch Family Guy before, and um, but I've introduced him to it now. But some of the stuff he was he was watching on the phone was far worse than the kind of stuff you get. I have Guy. a problem with that. Where you yeah. said, "Oh, should you know, should I let him watch Family Guy?" He's like, "No, yeah. you should let him watch something funny." <laughs> <laughs> well, what, yeah, let him watch. Wa- let him watch Archer. Let him watch American Dad. Fucking Family Guy. <laughs> let him watch South Park. Oh, no. <laughs> he was watching. Um, he was watching a film called uh, Bad Grandpa. And my god, see some of the stuff that were coming out of that, like, you know, it's, to us it's nothing but for a 15 year old kid on a bit of camel toes and stuff like that. Yeah, but you yeah. don't want to have the, the conversation where dad was a camel toe. Yeah. It's like, you'll learn very soon, son. <laughs> you'll learn very soon. Yeah, something that you'll like when you're older. <laughs> anyway, so we've already covered uh, incest and camel toes, so we better move on to someone else. <laughs> We'll get your list of games. Warriors, uh, and again, I'll need to just spend a bit of time playing that. I've got a game, but I've not really got any yet. Well worth a play, you won't be yeah. disappointed. Okay, next game, we're getting halfway through your list now. Um, yeah. XCOM, Enemy Unknown, within with the Lone War mod. Yeah, it's yeah. XCOM, <laughs> Enemy, Enemy Unknown, the newer game, slash within, which uh, is the expansion, with the Long War mod. And... Um, the original, I love the original XCOM games. I think I played uh, Terror from the Deep on uh, a Windows 3.1 machine. Or it might be a DOS machine, whatever. It was a long fucking time ago. And uh, even though I didn't really understand the game that well when I was that young, yeah. I got into it. It's fucking brutally hard. I don't think I actually completed the mission with to the max. I think they all were failures. I may have completed like one or two missions, but yeah, the game was just infuriating hard. And Terror from the Deep was actually a spin-off to the original XCOM. I didn't know that until years later. I just loved it because you go underwater and you know you find aliens and it was pretty cool. So, um, another reboot this is actually. I just noticed that. I was reading up. It came from UFO Enemy Unknown, has it? Yeah, that's the original. Yeah. Uh, there was a, uh, quite a run of games in the 90s of uh, XCOM, and then it sort of went away, and it come back in a big style in 2012. And, uh, it's a great game. I'm, I yearn, I've, I used to, I play a lot of Twitch games, a lot of shooters, a lot of fighting games, but I yearn to play games that take a lot of time to play, you know, I get bored with the same old stuff. So, I keep going back to XCOM. I recently bought Enemy Within, because I couldn't afford it when it first came out. Right. And I was playing other games. But then on Steam, it came out for about a fiver a couple weeks ago. They had a sale on. So I bought it and played the just Enemy Within through to the end. And it's fun. Great game. Then I discovered this mod that someone's made called The Long War. And it's basically... It takes ideas from the original XCOM games and brings it into the current games. 
holy shit, it's hard. It's fucking brutal. But it's probably the purest gaming, like strategy gaming experience I've had in a long time. Uh, and and I love the sort of yeah, the game itself is you know really good. It's solid, but it's incredibly hard. The mod. But I like the little nods to uh, other things it has in it. Like, when you get a rookie, every class is color-coded. So your sniper is in black, your rookie is this, your you know, your rifleman's this. What I love about the rookies, when you get them, because your squad, people die every mission. You try your hardest, and I might have survived like two or three missions without any casualties. But most of them have people who die. And the rookies are dressed in the colour red. <laughs> and I love it because when I finally have a few established uh, squad members, I don't want to send them in first. I always send in the rookie. So then he's the meat. He's the expendable. So I love pushing them in as deep into the territory as possible because they're the meat. They're going to die first. You know, the Star Trek fucking effect. <laughs> and um that always makes me giggle i don't know why it's you know like i said it's it's something insignificant that makes my enjoyment of the game a lot more than it really should be <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a game that was great at first but the mod made it better and uh i appreciate the people who made the long war mod M- yeah made one of my favorite games of a couple of years ago even fucking better so yeah awesome cool yeah, I, I kind of do the same, not not really, but I kind of do the same when I'm playing Cannon Fodder. I always keep jewels and stew, you know, the ones you start out with. Oh, yeah. yes, it's Cannon it's Fodder. It's, yeah, sending send new ones in. First that was season. one of my favourite games on the Mega Drive, and yes, that was a great game. Yeah. And yeah, that had permadeath as well. If you, you know, one of your guys died, you're like, oh, man, oh. I had Cookie for like 10 missions, and now he's on that mount on the, on the memorial hill, like, oh... Yeah, I like that guy. Yes, we're genuinely emotional when it goes up with the Roll of Honor at the end. <laughs> well, the thing is, well, when I get squad members, because when you get squad members in the XCOM game, they're random generated, so their names are all you know random generated. I like to give them a bit of personality, so I will give them, you know, like Private Harry Meat Yak has died about 20 times. But he always gets resurrected. You know, there's always a new rookie called Harry Yak, and somehow he always seems to catch the wrong end of a phaser, you know, or a plasma rifle or whatever. He just seems to be. He likes to catch lasers with his face, I think. And <laughs> I, just, I like to give, you know, I like to rename my characters. I like to give them a personality so when they die, it's either heartbreaking because I've been working that character for the last 20 missions, or it's the first guy. And you know, it's the cliche. He's the first day, first day on a job, or he's on the last day of retirement, and he eats it <laughs> within five minutes. You know, it's fun to me. Yeah, I like it. Poor Harry. He always comes back, though. That's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite good. Yeah, naming, your, naming some of your characters after people, you know, give them that bit of character. Yeah, it's also like a power fantasy because you see people that I like die, so I don't know, it's weird. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll move on to the next game then. Uh, number four, Titanfall. Yes. Um, a game that I didn't think I'd like at all because I am so fucking burnt out with uh, Call of Duty, the Battlefields, and all that stuff. I love them. 
and I do like Call of Duty over Battlefield. I just find them just... It's repeated trash again and again and again, and um, I just... I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this game. Well, fuck it. I'm going to buy it, see what it's like. I fell in love with it. I really did. It's refreshing enough to be new and different and fun, but it's familiar enough to be like, oh yeah, I've played this game before. Let's get into it. Um, the advent of bringing in robots into the Call of Duty mechanics, basically, is a fucking smart idea. You know, now you see what the right. It's funny because I've been playing Titanfall now since it came out, and it's one of my favorite games of the year. It's one of my favorite. It's my definite go-to multiplayer shooter at the moment. But I'm seeing things from the new the Titanfall that's going into the new Call of Duty, which is uh, kind of uh, funny, if you ask me. Especially when it comes to the jump packs and you know, parkour and all this shit. So, yeah, I really do enjoy Titanfall. It's um, it's definitely a game that's worth playing. Um, if there's one thing that does piss me off beyond com- comprehension is... It's um, prestige, or it's um, I forgot what they call it now. Uh, whatever it's like, prestige sort of leveling. When you hit the level cap, you can re-roll it and get higher and higher and higher. You know, and have like an extra number next to your name, so you feel more. Your e penis gets longer, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, but the thing is, and it's a cool idea. Uh, they have these challenges. So, oh, regenerate. That's it. If you want to regenerate to the next level, you have to pass these certain tasks, like kill 300 things with a shotgun, or you know, kill blah 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 with a certain item. But then there's these other things where it will force you to play in a style that you don't normally play in. And to me, that is completely counterproductive to what that game should be. When it comes to Titanfall, Call of Duty, Battlefield... You're given a lot of freedom to create your own class, create your own, you know, pick a gun, pick a sidearm, pick a grenade, pick this, pick that, you know. So to go back and force someone to play a certain style that they do not like to play is fucking silly. And if that's the, that's my only gripe with Titanfall, and that's one of the reasons why I don't play it as often as I would like to, because... If I want to regenerate and get an extra number next to my name, a higher number, I have to do this task like uh, rodeo a titan and get twenty titan kills. While jump, you know, when you jump on top of a titan, you shoot the shit out of it, and then you know it blows up. That is a fucking giant pain in the ass. Or um, shoot, you know, fifty people while they're ejecting out of a titan. You know, it's stuff like that that makes it drags the game. It holds the game back when it should be free for you to progress like no fucking tomorrow you know yeah that's my only gripe with the game other than that it's a pretty solid uh shooter and definitely plays well on pc yeah it only came out in march this year so it's, but for, for some reason i've not you know you're not way when a game comes out you'll see yeah. people on youtube it's, you just see nothing about that game I'm yeah that's a scene that's come up much on youtube for now oh the amount of uh circus surrounding that game the amount of hype and all that and then when the game come out it seemed to have like a really big drop off people were playing it for about a month and then stopped playing it yeah. and i felt that definitely on the pc because i bought it on the pc and there was a good few, about 20,000 people when it first started. And then it dropped off to like 1,000 for a good long time. I was like, 
oh shit, you know, this game is pretty much dead in the water. What are they can do about it? Yeah. But then EA are smart with this, even though everyone calls them an evil empire, they are smart. They started doing the free weekends where you can play Titanfall for free for a weekend to get people roped into the game. So now you see the, the player base is starting to slowly build up again. And I could see in the next, say, couple of years when they bring out a new Titanfall game, they will, you know, it'll be more refined, it'll be more popular, and it'll be more stable. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a bit of a rocky road to begin with, but it's a great alternative. It's a new game, very familiar to other games, but it's something that's just different enough to be interesting. Yeah, it's scored pretty well with uh, reviews. I mean, the lowest, I'm looking at it, it's got six different uh, reviews here, and the lowest scores 8.5 out of 10. That was for the Xbox magazine, but yeah. IGN gave it 8.9 out of 10. Yeah, I don't really rely on those sort of uh, yeah. scores because most of the time they're giving them a fair review, and you've got Titanfall banners all over the fucking website. Go figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. People are paid to give good reviews, basically. Or bad ones. Well, video game journalism is a fucking piss take. There's no such thing. Yeah. Anyway. I would, I would rather watch uh, a review like some classic game room, for example. Like, yeah, I would rather watch yeah CGR review or just a straight gameplay of it. Someone just playing the game for um, a match or two and like, you know what? That looks okay. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I'm a little bit more tighter with my wallet now. Where I would buy all these games in the sun. I'm now a little bit like, okay, I'll see how it goes. And that's when I'll probably watch a few reviews and such. But yeah, that game, you know, still, it still entertains me to this day. You know, maybe because I'm getting bored of it now. But it's a great new franchise in a, in a genre that was getting pretty stale. Yeah, I just, I, I just sick of seeing every year Call of Duty games like, I bought one once, and um, I was like, ah, I don't even like it that much. Well, the thing is, for me, I've been a Call of Duty fanatic online, especially since Call of Duty 2. Yeah. Um, and so I played Call of Duty 3, which quite a lot of people didn't like. I really liked that, by the way. I really loved Call of Duty 4. Call of Duty Modern Warfare was mental. It was absolutely mental. World of War was fucking amazing. Um... And then I didn't really play that many for a couple of years. You know, Modern Warfare 2 sort of washed over me. I wasn't really into it. Um, I went back. i come back when uh, Black Ops 2 came out on the PC. And that game was such a great fresh breath of fresh air to me. It was like, yes, it's Call of Duty, but it's refined and it doesn't have those irritating fucking nuke perks and all this shit. You know, it cut away a lot of the chuff and made a game more balanced and more, you know, you know, it was it was it had both best of both worlds. It was casual for the people who just want to play it in the private ma- in the public matches, and it had all the tools if you want to play it more professionally, you know, more um, fairly. And uh, it was it's fucking you know, it was a great entry into the series. And then Call of Duty Ghost comes out, and uh, well, Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward shouldn't be making Call of Duty games. That's all I say. You know, give it a try, Ark. They know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Oh well, we uh, on to the next game then, and uh, so this is a biggie. I've not played it myself, but um, obviously you'd have to oh, I have. Hit, hit under a rock to not know its existence, uh, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Where do you start with that one? <laughs> a game I played for about, about five years. Wow. 
Wow. Um, yeah, I really wasn't interested in MMOs. I thought it was for nerds, which is kind of funny now because I am probably the biggest nerd. <laughs> Whatever. I was not interested. I didn't want to pay monthly for a game. I thought it was absolutely fucking absurd, the whole premise of pay monthly MMOs. I just thought, why? And this is me pre- PC gaming, you know, I had a PC in the past, but I wasn't playing it, you know, like I do now. So, like, what do you want? Uh, a friend of mine recommended me to this game. Oh, you should play it. Play it with me and all this stuff. I was like, Nah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, cut a long story short. I downloaded the trial of it, and I played for about ten, eleven levels, and instantly started subscribing to it because like well this is fucking cool i like this i just like the whole expansive world as well because the the whole land of azeroth and north rend and fucking all the other zones you go into that game it's just mind-bending to me uh the thing is for me i joined the game just before the raffle lich king came out i was at the end of the burning crusade into raffle lich king so, yeah, there was a new class coming out, the Death Knights, and they were all metal and wearing spiky stuff and demonic. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome, because I love that shit. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I love to be a Death Knight. So I love my character, because you had to be level 55 with a character in order to unlock the Death Knight. So I played like fucking mad to get a level 55 to roll this Death Knight. And at the same sort of time, I was in a guild, which be quite honest with you it was a fucking terrible guild um and i met a couple of friends who then we become real life friends and we are really good friends to this day um jules and steve and mark and all that you know shout out to them and so um i played a lot of warcraft with them and then we went in and out with a few guilds that weren't really doing what we wanted them to do in the end i made my own guild and then for the next like three to four years was me managing a guild of quite a few people at one point, you know, dealing with people from a day to day basis, you know, raiding, dungeon running, dramas and all that shit, you know. Yeah. And apart from the game itself, because the game is great, you know, it it can eat you up though, you gotta be really careful it doesn't take every minute of your waking life. Yeah. Um it's a great game to play, and also it was very good life lessons as well, because I learned a lot about myself running a guild, because at the time I wanted to do my own thing, I've always been a bit of a fucking control freak, so I wanted to do my own thing, um, I wanted to drag my friends with me, because, you know, when I'm friends with someone, you know, you I've, it's like a Paul Heyman sort of thing, you know. You are a Scott Bailey guy, you know. <laughs> with me. So whatever you're friends with me, I'm friends with you. I'll do anything for you. That's the, my mentality. So I brought them into my guild, and you know, it's still running to this day. Uh, and I've just relapsed as well. A couple of days ago, I started playing it again because I hadn't played it in a year, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'll go back into it. And now I'm back into it, fucking hardcore. But it's one of those games that, yes, great game. But also my experience and meeting some real life friends that I'm still very close to to this day. It was all a perfect storm of a, you know, a perfect game, and also people I met along the way. You know, and I met a lot of fucking freaks and geeks, which I could do a whole video series of the uh, the the dirty under underworld shenanigans of a World of Warcraft <laughs> scene. But 
you know, it, it's the whole experience was just fun to me, and uh, one of my favorite games I've ever played, and probably the longest game I ever played too. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to see. You already just mentioned it right enough. I was going to see people do make lifelong friends through it. Yeah. You've got, um, like, Sir Chris Shank that actually found a wife for it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah mm. I was about to say that. Yeah, mm. he, he found his wife on there, which mm. is fucking amazing. Yes. I, all right, <laughs> fuck it. it I'm going to digress. This is your show, and sorry, I'm going to no, take it over. No, it's, your show. it's your show, go on. <laughs> uh, there is one story. Chris Shank, he, he got lucky. He found a, a stable partner, and, you know, they live happier ever after. Kudos to him. <sighs> it didn't really work out for me. <laughs> we're, getting a, we're, getting a, we're getting a get real on Desert Island Games. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, fucking... Oh, here we go. I end up going out, if you will, with this um, this woman. Um, problem is, she lived in Holland. Uh, so, long distance. I'm not the best when it comes to a relationship. I'm just like a bucking bronco. I just... I'm not, I'm not, you know, disloyal to anybody, you know, I, you know, I try and be the good guy and all this stuff, but I can be a bit of a pain in the ass to handle. And, uh, well, a lot, one thing's led to another, and, uh, I end up having a brief relationship, relationship with her, but she had this relationship with me in order to better her standing in her character in my guild. Which is fucked up. That's mad. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy, you know. To Some people have... That game, like I said, that's when I started to get burnt out of the game and I started to lose my love for it at the time. But to me, I, was, I, I take a look back at it now. Now, you know, with hindsight, I can, you know, sit back and think, like, like man, that is fucking mental. Why would you go that personal to better yourself in a fucking silly game it, it, it blows my mind but uh, yes I ended up having a relationship with someone who <laughs> it didn't really work out that well and with better judgement which I do have now because you know, I learned a lot from running a guild in that game I wouldn't do it again, no way yeah, well, that's one of life's lessons isn't it it's what, uh, that's where you get your wisdom from Just yeah do things like this. yeah you know, and, uh, yeah, I didn't speak to her in a long time, and it was, like, three fucking years ago, and, you know, water on the bridge, it doesn't matter to me now, but I look back and it's like, damn, you know, that was mental. <laughs> one of those times where, yeah, didn't think that one through. You know, I should have been, used a little bit, I'm supposed to be a guild master, I need to use a little bit more decorum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you live and learn. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. That was, uh, yeah. That was a Desert Island Games exclusive uh, get real there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Unplanned. But there you go. Cool. So um, it's a bit strange going on to the next game because um, I've done the last subject matter. But the next game is Seven Days to Die. Uh, seven Days to Die. Tell me a bit about that because I don't know anything about it. Seven Days to Die. Mix survival stuff like Day Z. That horrible, what was it, infestation zombie diary game, which is fucking god-awful and a complete piss-take. Uh, a lot of those zombie survival games, mix that with Minecraft, and you have Seven Days to Die. Uh, seven Days to Die is, uh, yeah, a survival, zombie survival building game. 
And that sounds, on from what I just said, makes it sound completely cheesy and stupid and ir- irrelevant. But really, it's still an early access, which I normally don't go for. I'm not really a big indie gamer. But I just... I kept watching um, Let's Play, who uh, the Achievement Hunter guys who were part of Rooster Teeth, they did a series of the videos on that game, where they were creating a little hideout and trying to defend against the you know the the living impaired, and um, <laughs> and I thought, you know what, this game is really cool. You know, I've never been a big fan of Minecraft. I like, you know, I yeah, it's a massive game. People love the game. But my imagination sucks when it comes to that sort of game. I, you know, I will go into say Minecraft. I'll cut down some trees, build myself a little wood hut, and then I'm done. Really, <laughs> I don't have much um, of a, uh, I don't have much of an imagination when it comes to that sort of game. But Seven Days to Die has the survival aspect of you know finding food and finding rations and health and guns and weapons mixed with that building mechanic from Minecraft. And that sort of two genres meshed together, I've really found compelling. And I've been playing that game non-stop since I bought it about a month ago. And it's quickly become one of my favourite games. I, it's, it's still in early access, so it's still pretty buggy, but from what the developers are doing, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I, I find it really compelling to play yeah and the developers have got uh, quite a funny funny name actually um, I had it up a minute ago what was it um, the fun pimps <laughs> called uh, that's one thing that I really don't like yeah but the developers call them the fun pimps it's like yeah. really you could have picked a better name but other than that the game itself is pretty good it, it's it's still rough it's still very rough there is still you know issues because it's still in beta or alpha or whatever the fuck you want to call it uh, so it's going to take a while for it to be a fully fleshed out game and hopefully I haven't burnt myself out by the time that is the case because yeah. that's why I don't buy early access games because if I play a game that's on early access 50 hours I'm not going to put 50 hours into the fully, fully finished new game am I uh, but yeah, Seven Days of Die so far I've really enjoyed and uh, it's well worth playing, it's well worth checking out anyway. Yeah, this this was a Kickstarter it ended on the uh, 15th of August last year and the, the people that contributed towards the Kickstarter get the first access to it Yeah, it's now on um, Greenlight as well, it's yeah. on the uh, the early access part of Steam so yeah, that's where I picked it up and yeah, I really like the game Yeah I've obviously never heard of it. It's fairly new, and I don't really play PC games, so that's why I wouldn't have heard of it. But it sounds pretty cool. Basically, I mean, you've probably already said it. In Seven Days to Die, the player spawns into a randomly generated world with the objective of surviving for as long as possible. And as the days go by, the zombies get tougher and more aggressive. Yeah, especially, yeah, because they have a really cool mechanic where the longer the, the map lasts, the more uh, zombies that. Get, uh, they, that spawn um, it's a bit buggy that mechanic but after say like the third or fourth day you really gotta watch your back if you're going out to collect stuff because there's always something that will try and bite a hole in your ass and uh, <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool it, it, it can be there's a couple it, it's been times where I've jumped out my fucking skin playing it because I'm 
a zombie all goes <laughs> crept up behind me and I'm trying to craft something and next thing you know bleh, like ah shit and trying to shoot the bastard but other than that yeah it's a really cool game and it's uh, meshed as a game I don't really like that much with a game that I do like from time to time and made a pretty compelling mix for me to recommend it on the put it on this list cool and uh Quite high up your list. I don't know if you actually did these in order or not, but in, in I did. Case, yeah, but that's quite high up your, your list, so even above World of Warcraft. Yeah. Wow. So do you want to uh, do your honourable mentions before we get to your number one? Yes. Keep, keep, well, keep in suspense. The honourable mentions, <laughs> well, first one would be the Grand, Grand Theft Auto V. It was the best, it's the pinnacle of the Grand Theft Auto game so far. Best online, best online mode game I've oh, ever played. Oh, yes. Yeah. It can be a bit grind-happy, but yeah. as a game in general, the campaign is fucking amazing. It's yes. Rockstar outdo themselves every Grand Theft Auto, and yeah, great game. So much fun to play. Even better when you're playing with friends. Yeah, that's the problem. I've, I've never really played it with friends online. I've that's something I need to sort out. But, um, I think most people I know have got it on Xbox. Yeah, I'll be getting it on the PC when it comes out in the next few months. I might even get it on a. I might make that my first biggie on the PS4. You know, I've already got it on PS3. It doesn't make sense, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's um, a great version, and GTA has always been fun to me. It's a catharsis. It's a way of escaping your usual boring life. Yes. And just being just doing what the hell you want, you know, you yeah, all right. Everyone's all about oh, it's about nicking cars and shooting people. And yes, it is. But there's a lot more to the game you can do than just the usual becoming a complete prick for fun. <laughs> but the, yeah. yeah, that you know, it's a catharsis. It's like playing a game like Postal where you just you could do the mundane boring stuff or you could just go mental and shoot people with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of um you know, things you can do with a game like Grand Theft Auto. I've just been playing the... If you probably, you've, you've seen it on Facebook because you commented on it. Yeah, I've just been playing the Flight School update. Oh, my God. That's yeah, I've, <laughs> I haven't played GTA Five in quite some time and that's why I'm clamouring to play it again on the PC because if there's a game I do miss on the last gen of consoles, which I don't know anymore, it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Uh, so this presents a good opportunity for a shameless plug. Um... Tonight on the uh, RU Network, we've got the Retro Renaissance podcast with myself, Chris, and Tommy, and we're talking about Grand Theft Auto series, so check that out. <laughs> Cheap plug. Okay, what else do you, um, um, are you putting on your um, honourable list? Um, I did put a few more, but I'm going to probably cut them. I'm going to put Death Smiles, which came out on the Xbox 360, but it was originally an arcade game done by Crave. And that's a horizontal scrolling shoot map, and it's fucking batshit insane. <laughs> it's a great entry if you have an Xbox 360. You owe yourself to buy Death Smiles. It's a game where if you're not a big fan of shoot 'em ups, you probably will become a big fan after playing that game. It's fun. It's really good fun. And uh, so I know you're not really into shooters but another game that you probably might be into and it'll be my last honourable mention before we get into number one yeah. is The House of the Dead Overkill nope sorry The House of the Dead Overkill yeah get it right <laughs> cool 
I think I've heard, I have actually heard of this game, believe it or not. What? Yeah. You true. have a PlayStation 3. You owe it to yourself. And if you can afford it, get a PlayStation Move or a sharpshooter. That's fun. <laughs> I'll, uh, put it, I'll put it on the list. Well, even with a controller. I've got it. It's even just come out on the PC. It's a type of the dead overkill. But you can play the original arcade game as well. First come out on the Wii. Got re-released on the PS3. It's now on the PC. And it's a game that come out years after the original House of the Dead games, which I'm a big fan of. I love the House of the Dead series. But it took... It's a reboot, basically. It took what House of the Dead made... What was made fun out of the original games and completely moulded it into a complete new game. And it's basically a grindhouse film with House of the Dead. It's, it's fucking amazing. The voice acting is hilarious it's not really cheesy but it's kitschy and you know that that b-movie sort of style acting that it's just a lot of fun especially um i think it's uh agent washington i think it's washington that might be red versus blue reference whatever <laughs> uh the black guy in it and he's basically just a a steroid induced samuel L. jackson because every 30 seconds you're shouting motherfucker all the time. And, uh, oh man, it's just a great game. It's definitely worth buying. How's the Dead Overkill is just, just so much fun. Cool. So, we get to your number one spot, and I've heard you talk about this game before. In fact, yeah. I think you did some gameplay of it. I remember oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So, um, it's, it's not Doom, but it's Brutal Doom. Yes, a mod that's number one. That must be new for uh, Desert Island Games. It must be, yeah. Uh, a mod. Tell us about it. For those of you, those of us that don't know, I know I've seen you doing it before, but for those people that don't know about it. Well, for a start, Kit117 is going to really hate me for this one. But <laughs> Brutal Doom is a mod that was made by Sergeant Mark IV, who took the original wads of Doom from the uh, the 90s, and turned them up to about 45. <laughs> the fucking game is a it's a mod, of course, of Doom. And it's just taken to the extreme. Everything... You know, it's, it's one of those mods that not only satisfies the bloodlust I love, because I love the original Doom games, but also it won so many awards. It also won praise from the original creator one of the original creators John Romero you know he even said that this mod alone was what he wanted to do with Doom back in the 90s and just playing Brutal Doom on either Doom 1, Doom 2 or Final Doom it's just it's a catharsis once again it's one of those games where it's so gory, it's so over the top it's fun for stress relief and it rejuvenates a game that's timeless. I could play, you know, any version of Doom without even thinking of, but Brutal Doom just makes Doom just so much fun to play. You know, the gunplay in the original games was great, but the gunplay in Brutal Doom <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The gore, the profanity because uh, He's basically turned Doom Guy into a poor man shooting Nukem with the uh, the insults. Uh, it just oh, it just turned everything up to eleven and just made a great game just even better. 
Yeah, I love Doom. As you said earlier, right, I'm not a big fan of shooters per se, but um, I do love Doom. I've always played Doom and I've always loved it. Um, I've had it for PC, all sorts of formats, but I've never played this um, brutal Doom. Uh, I should look that up sometime. You owe it to yourself. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's great. It's really well optimized. Um, Especially if you get it with the, I think it's GZ Doom engine, because you have to get a modified engine to play this game. But then it brings in, you know, keyboard and mouse functionality, and also you can play it with a controller. You know, it, it just makes the game, you know, makes the game a base game of Doom even more accessible. But add the brutal Doom mod on top, and also Doom Metal, which is a side mod for Brutal Doom, which turns all the MIDI tracks into heavy metal mp3 versions of those tracks it just makes the whole game just fucking amazingly badass that i like the sound of yeah <laughs> it's, like metal. yeah it, it just turned it's just like it just turns everything up to max and uh it's really beautiful it is <laughs> it's a it's the best example of uh, to me it reminds me of a song by slayer called uh Oh, I can't remember now. Bollocks! Like Angel of Death, where it's just that perfect like tune of aggression and bloodlust, and oh man, it just gives you so it gets you fucking pumped to play. It's a great game. It's well worth going back and putting Brutal Doom on top of the original Doom and playing. It's it will make you fall in love with Doom all over again. So this is going to be a bit of a newbie question but is it actually new levels or is it the same levels but with this brutal mod put on top of it uh, brutal mod is basically the coat that doom wears so if you if you want to play the original doom levels like doom 1 doom 2 final doom you can if you want to play custom levels that people have made custom campaigns you can with brutal doom right. it's it's yeah you can the mod scene for Doom is more alive than it's ever been because it's so easy to make mods for. Yeah. So people, are, yeah, there's infinite amount of campaigns you can play with Doom, and most of the time, Brutal Doom works fine with those campaigns. So, yeah, you can play the originals and then expand into all the other versions of Doom. It's it's beautiful. It really is beautiful what people can do with games. It's one of those games that, even to this day, I play frequently. And I can play for five minutes or play for five hours, and it's just fun to play. If anybody wants to see uh, just what it looks like, just go to Scott's channel, you'll find it. Um, it's console snob, but the, the URL is um, Grumpy Gaming HD, isn't it? Allow me. YouTube.com forward slash Grumpy Gaming HD. Yeah. And uh, you'll find the Brutal Dims on there. For your viewing pleasure, yes. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button while you're there, unless you've not, if you've not already. Or yeah. hit the thumbs down button because I love it when people thumb me down. <laughs> Something I don't get a lot of for some reason. I just think it's because people don't find my videos. <laughs> you don't shake the cage, that's why. You never shake the cage. Yeah. You stay in that box. Never <laughs> peek out of the box. Never let that monster out. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. So, yeah, so basically, what I need to do is go on a rant or something. Yeah, you need to make some. Yeah, you know, do like do a Mel Gibson sort of thing. Lose your fucking mind and start making really bad phone calls to people, 
or uh, go Charlie Sheen mental and just shout winning every five seconds, you know. Get the attention. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll work on that. (laughs) I'm waiting for the day that either you or Harry Yak has a meltdown because it will just be glorious to watch. Especially Harry Yak because he's so PG rated and I've been telling him for ages just to start swearing. Just do it. Say something you shouldn't do. It's fun. I've never heard Harry Yak swearing yet, to be honest. No, nor have I, even when I'm not talking to him or recorded. It's, uh, yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he has the vocabulary, to be honest with you. I, I do at least swear. Yes. In fact, the, the, the most controversial thing I've done so far has been I was playing, I've done a gameplay of that uh, aforementioned Tomb Raider remake. Yeah. I've done a quick 10 minutes of it, and I was, I think I mentioned how I was very close to getting my cock out after a while ago. Because, um, wow. It was that bit when, um, it was that bit when uh, at the start when Lara's falling down and you can see down her cleavage. It's pretty good. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you like a little bit of uh, battered woman porn? Ew. She wasn't battered, she was just falling down. She got the shit kicked out of me like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a piece of that. Uh. Yeah, see, I can be controversial when I want to. God, be. you uh, make me fucking blush. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but back to Doom briefly, um, you're, you're talking about levels. I used to try and make more levels at it, but it wasn't very good. I've tried making levels, but my attention span absolutely fucking sucks. So I, if I put my mind to it, I'd probably make the best goddamn levels you've ever seen. But I can't. <laughs> I just don't have the patience. I just get frustrated with it. Because uh, when you, I made my level and then I'll go in and test it and it would, it would be things out of place. And I, I'll just go, oh, fuck it. I can't. I don't get patience for that. Nah, I yeah. really don't have patience for it either. Yeah. Especially when I'm in the mood of playing Doom. That uh, It's like, yeah, let's make some levels. Um, yeah, let's just connect that room to that room. Fuck that. Let's play some more Doom. Ah, yeah. Kill stuff. Yeah. Cool. I think we'll come to the end of the games. So, is there anything you want to tell us about what's coming up on the, the Console Snob channel? Well, at the moment, there's not much coming up on the, the, the channel. I've been quiet for the last few weeks because my... Not because of personal issues and blah, blah, blah. It's because I've been trying to chase up a promotion with my work. So, my uh, free time has been very limited at the moment. I've been... Uh, as people know, I've been starting to live stream quite a bit on Twitch, which is always fun, and you always find uploads of that on my YouTube channel. But I've been working on a few other you know, stuff that I'm normally used to you know, get back on the saddle and playing those horrible, vivid interactive games. Of course, you know, doing my riffs on uh, FMV, bad FMV games cut into movies. So yeah, I'm working on a double switch uh, episode. Which is the loose, very fucking loose sequel to Night Trap. Hey. So yeah, that yeah, it's all in the pipeline. It will come out when it's ready. Well, yeah, good, you know, good fans come to those who wait. So yeah, yeah. that's something I've, I've I've got on my list of things to do is uh, get into Twitch, doing Twitch. I've tried it before, but I've. I, I just find it weird with Twitch. I don't know if it's me, I don't know what I'm doing, but once you've done your live stream, you can't actually go and see, look at it, can you? Like, yeah, you I can. I don't, just, you just, I don't know how to do it. You can, but it just takes about a couple of minutes to have the archive go onto Twitch. 
and then you've got to post it onto YouTube because now with the new uh, rules that it does they don't keep the archive footage anymore. So the only way you can archive it is on YouTube. And the uploading process is pretty easy. You just got to click a few links, and it does it itself. You don't have to literally pull the video down, you know, by downloading it and then uploading it on your end. You know, it all gets done between YouTube and Twitch, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's I've I'm still learning the ropes, but if there's a, a tip I can give you or anyone who's listening who wants to try Twitch streaming, download a software, a little software called OBS which is online broadcasting software and it's absolutely free bollocks using XSplit and all the other convoluted heavily overpriced streaming tools use OBS it's probably the best tool out there that is a good tip I will look that up because it definitely something we want to get into for a while is um, Twitch yeah it's fun you know, I've done a couple of videos now and I have a lot of fun playing it You know, I started playing Shenmue which I want to carry on playing and I forgot how it's <laughs> back again. A lot of cheesy dialogue in silly uh, English uh, uh, idiocies in that game, and uh, they're fun to point finger at and laugh. And but the game's great anyway. And so yeah, I twitched on stream uh, on. I streamed it on Twitch. That's better. And uh, yeah, people seem to like me watching me play Shenmue pretty badly. <laughs> That's what it's all about, Rob. Just go and look at somebody playing the game and just get their, get their perspective of it. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it's been fun, Scott. Um, again, um, great having you back on the show. And yep. um, uh, thank you very much for your company. Thank you. And um, good luck with the promotion you're chasing. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. Yes, and... Um, yeah, that's it. Any closing comments? Um, no. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, listening to Desert Island Games, and I'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>